0: And it started because I was buying so much stuff. I started it for myself more or less because we were buying so many mattresses, so much furniture. I mean, the horror stories of being in an Ikea with, you know, my entire team of 15 people and, you know, 85 shopping carts and trying to, you know, check out. And it took four hours to check out and we rented two 24 foot U-Hauls to throw everything in to, to take it to the, you know, 16 units we were rolling out, like that's. That wasn't an effective or efficient way. It was just the only way we could do it at the time. Or trying to negotiate 40 mattresses at a mattress store around the corner or find somebody who could give me 40 mattresses or 20 mattresses. It just became a problem. Even setting up one unit was, was just prob- was problematic to not know you know, where to get furniture from or, or what the best you know, amenities to use, like all of that stuff. We were constantly trying to figure it out.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani.
2: What's up, E? My brother. So good to see you. Um, Matt, I'm feeling super grateful this week. I am in my hometown in Sardinia. I got to see my aunt and my grandfather and watch the Italy-Spain uh, game like sitting right next to my grandpa. And... My dad just came into town today and it just, ah, my heart is full. You know what I mean? It's, it's just one of those moments after like almost 24 months of not being able to come home, um, to be able to be home and and still be lucky enough to have my grandfather, he's 93 and a half, uh, but he's still here, you know, he's still cracking jokes. Um, I could have sworn he was uh, actually asleep half of the game, but he somehow didn't miss a single beat of the whole game. So I don't know, maybe it's like one of those like old man powers that you fall asleep with half of your body, but one eye is always open. Um, so yeah, man, I feel super full, like just grateful. Um and just happy, man. You know what I mean? It's it's the life by design that we've always kind of talked about. And um there was there's no better way, you know. What I mean, to be here during the Euro Cup and, and be able to be with family and and you know what I mean, yeah, like what else? Right, you got, you got like the beach
1: vibes there? going. You look like you're ready to hit the surf with that. Good, my hair,
2: bro. My hair is wilding, it's wilding, but it's good. It, it, it works. It works. How are you, man? It just looks, life? Accelerates
1: the hair growth. I'm right. good, man. I'm good. Yeah, we was uh,
2: because we're now we're recording this couple of days after the fourth, right? So,
1: yeah, no, it was good. We went up to our, our condo in New Hampshire for the long weekend. My parents went up, stayed at their place. Uh, the weather was trash. It was like 55 and raining, but we made the best of it had some fun. And then, uh, we stayed a couple extra days cause we saw the sun was coming and met up with some of our friends that have a lake house up there. So I went, uh, I used to wakeboard in high school, like off and on. And so they've got a boat. So I tried wake skating. So there's no bindings. So you literally, it's like, you're literally like surfing. There's nothing holding your feet to it. And oh, wow. uh, I was part of my, I got up first shot and, uh, my quads my glutes have been on fire since I've done that. <laughs> I was like I thought I was in decent shape, but I've had a hard yeah. time walking the last few days, but uh, it was a blast. We had a lot of fun, so that's awesome. But now we're back at it, man. We're uh, back at it. We got the hotel live. we just got a couple more short term rentals live. Um, and things are things are moving and shaking, man like it's uh things are going well, so yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Well, let's, let's get into it because uh, we've got our buddy Jeff with us today. So let me, let me give him a proper introduction, pull up his bio here. So today we have Jeff Elulian. I hope I got that right, buddy. I think I got it right. You uh, did. You did. And he's been in the vacation rental industry for over eight years. He has set up, managed, or operated over 250 vacation rental properties from master leasing apartment buildings to arbitraging luxury mansions, He's also worked directly with Airbnb on various pilot programs for Airbnb Plus and Lux. He's successfully grown several businesses and has a passion for interdisciplinary problem solving in emerging industries. He firmly believes that the further you push outside your comfort zone, the larger that zone becomes. I love that and completely agree. Jeff has a background in economics and philosophy from Columbia University and a JD from UCLA Law School. I didn't know that. You are one intelligent human being, buddy. Uh, Before becoming an entrepreneur, he spent three years as a lawyer practicing business and intellectual property litigation, and he enjoys playing music, eating tacos, and of course, travel. So without further ado, Jeff, welcome to the show, buddy.
0: Thanks so much. I'm really excited to be here, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're excited to have you. So talk about how you went from attorney to getting into the short-term rental industry somehow. What did that look like for you?
0: Yeah. I mean, it was kind of uh, almost like an accident. Uh, I was living and uh, been practicing law for about two and a half years. And uh, I was living across the street from a uh, property that went up for, for lease. And I just kind of had heard, and this was eight years ago. So really people weren't doing as much lease arbitrage back then, but I'd heard about it and then heard about some friends doing it in, in New York. So I kind of did it on the first property. Um, and it was such a great and unique find because it was a beautiful house that was waiting to get permitted to be built into a much much larger house in a nice area it was just it was a, it was about to be a flip and so they wanted somebody to come in and lease it on a short-term basis and they were willing to lease it under market rent um, and it was just a really beautiful kind of blend of they wanted somebody to come in short term. And I was thinking this would be a really nice way to try out, you know, doing vacation rentals, uh, started with one unit realized very quickly, uh, that, you know, how profitable it could be and quickly expanded to five and 15 and 30 and 50. And, you know, got up to where we were operating at a clip of like 150 units at a time. Uh, you know, obviously over the years you some come and go, but that was kind of our max, uh, you know, operation uh, level and, you know, went through every, every possible iteration of management, co-hosting, arbitrage, long-term management. Um, you know, we were a brokerage, we were finding properties, we were leasing properties. So, uh, did a lot of different kind of opportunistic experiences as they came up and just kind of fell in love with, uh, with the vacation rental industry and decided, you know, pretty early on that it was going to be my full-time, uh, my full-time thing.
1: Love that. What year was that, the that first deal?
0: That first deal was back in like 20, I want to say it was like 2015, 14, maybe 14.
1: So like early days, early days. Early days. Long-term well, rentals, yeah.
0: Yeah, very early. Um, and but, that was, was it New York City that you said? No, it was, it was in Los Angeles, but I had some friends who were in New York who had been okay. doing it out there. And they kind of, I, I was lucky and had, um, someone who I'd been in the space for a little while and who kind of showed me the ropes, um, on the first couple of properties for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll get, I definitely want to get into host GPO, but I think I'd love for the listeners. What did that journey look like for you going from one to five to 30 to 150? Like what did your business look like and how did you navigate that? Cause you and I know, like, as you continue to scale, basically everything changes at those different levels. So what did that look like for you and how did you navigate that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think one thing you talk about a lot, which I which really resonates with me is when do you make the full-time jump if that's something that you're gonna do? And this always started as a side hustle for me. And I think I was, you know, doing double duty. I was working full-time lawyer days. And then at night I was going after work and like, you know, Putting furniture together and you know trying to get the units up and running and it wasn't until I had enough cash flow ready to sustain my life. I, I didn't take a hit. You know I was I was making enough money to sustain my life when I decided to switch over full time. So that was that first transition. Um, and then usually I think for most people the first real scaling like threshold happens around ten units, which is what it was for me. Um, where I realized I can't handle this amount of messaging that's going on and setting up new units and everything else. And it was me and a partner and we needed some more help. So that was kind of our first hire. Uh, and, you know, that, that really took us to around the 20, 30 unit range where we started realizing that, you know, running, uh, we really needed some more software, uh, like in a more serious way. And so we started experimenting with different types of software. Uh, and then, you know, once you got kind of over 50, I would say fifty two. 150 was, was pretty streamlined. It was just, okay, we just need another one of this person. We just need another one of that person, um, you know, plug plug and play. And when we got to around 150, we were operating with a team of 15. So that's how we kind of scaled and, uh, you know, all the software solutions were in place and, uh, things kind of, you know, we had more systems in place to kind of handle things. So, uh, but it was always hands-on, uh, especially at 150 units there's was, there was a lot of hands-on I wasn't able to really walk or walk away uh as, as I know that a lot of people try to build out um that model and I think that's awesome and you know he's really into that too so uh but I was very very hands-on for quite a while I
1: love it I love it you, I thought you were coming off I, for a second but I I I got I more say something I
2: have this I have this dog's barking next to me one second <laughs>
1: <laughs> so for the 15 that you brought on, were they local? Were they virtual? Like if we kind of break down, like what did that team look like, you know, and was it, did you have like a guest support team or, or was everybody kind of like having their own portfolio? We've had a lot of different guests. I'm always fascinated, like how they kind of broke the business down.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we, uh, most of the opera, first of all, Pretty much everybody was was local in in LA. Um, we had a, some support coming from, especially like on the accounting level stuff so coming from outside, but most of the uh, people were here. And we had a central office uh, where we were also warehousing and storing a lot of our supplies. Um, but in terms of breaking it apart, it was mostly broken down by department. So accounting, customer support, you know, inquiry management pricing, um, and then unit integrity uh, and cleaning, which were two separate teams, uh, were, and really a maintenance team. So really, those were like by department, and there were either two, pe- one to two people in each of those. And then our cleanings were handled by heads of cleanings who are our full-time employees who are managing separate cleaning teams. Uh, and those were broken out kind of by portfolio, uh, as well with, with the maintenance team, where it was, you know, you're handling these 2030, or this is your big building, or this is, you know, you're doing the luxury high-end stuff, you're doing the, um, you know, kind of more more basic apartment units. So the luxury high-end stuff was like its own animal where, you know, you have to do in-person check-ins. There's no there's no remote check-in. It, it has to be in-person. The house is too complicated, there's too many things, and you really need that, like, meet-and-greet aspect of it. Uh, it's expected and sometimes required or was required by a lot of the platforms that we were renting on. Um, so, that was its own kind of department as well. Mm.
2: Um, sorry guys, these dogs are just a nightmare. Um, so my question was, what's really funny is one of the points that I have to like bring up on the show, and if you guys listen to, actually haven't listened to the last show because we haven't dropped it yet, but through my American Express Platinum, I booked part of my vacation and one of the spots that I went to was a hotel in Barcelona that is part of their network and I experienced I love Airbnb so I mostly travel through Airbnbs and I got to experience the high-end hospitality again for the first time in a very long time and you're like you realize you're like holy shit these people know what they're doing right and and it's funny that you said that because it's like when you get to that luxury level hotel hospitality kind of setting the right person to greet your guest makes a complete difference right and like I was still outside taking the bags out of the car and the moment we walked in they're like Mr. Pani we've been waiting for you I'm like how do you even know who I am you know it's like yeah you're the our most important guest for the day I'm like you say that to everybody right but like <laughs> it, it was just but at the same time you just like holy cow, and the experience immediately changed, right, so it's very interesting to see, so my question on that was, how do you, how do you choose those people, so when you go into the luxury kind of settings, and you find those people, because I realized, like, this guy, I'm like, can I bring, like, can can I take you with me, can you come to the States with me, and, like, you can run, like, you can be me in our apartment, right, I'm like, how do I, find you like how do you find those hospitality luxury people because i think it's a different breed of people that actually enjoys hospitality 100 percent, and honestly where i've found the most
0: success in hiring for that was from that space so we were hiring you know front desk uh luxury hotel employees to work and do the meet and greets because they were really familiar with it um or you know, we're very very lucky with the talent pool out here in in Southern California, especially in Los Angeles. There's a ton of you know, uh, you know whether it's like a hostess or a, or a hospitality in the restaurant industry or in, in the hotel industry. There's a lot of that um, a lot of that as well. And it really is it really is a different experience and a different uh, you know level uh, uh, to, to the whole thing. I mean, we were doing we were doing crazy stuff. We were uh, for every guest we were doing custom uh, doormats with the guest's name, so that when they walked in, they felt like this is the Shogrins house, like I'm, I've arrived in my own home, um, or welcome baskets that aren't just a bottle of wine, but are, you know, these are all the best things in LA, and the welcome basket was like 300 bucks, you know, like there were, there was a, a lot of, of, um, you know, lug, the luxury world is its own, is its own animal, and, and you're right, need its own people as well.
2: Yeah so what, what was your favorite kind of segment since you were very hands-on, right? Like which part of it did you enjoy the most? Like, and were, were the luxury homes, were you doing arbitrage on those or were you guys doing management? What was the model there? Um, it was a little bit of both. Uh, we started out by doing
0: arbitrage on pretty much everything. And then once we hit uh, around 30 units, we started doing a little more management because we had the infrastructure in place already. And I definitely don't know that I would recommend that to a lot of people. Um, it, our accounting was the biggest nightmare I could ever explain because every single deal was a different deal, a different management type, a different percentage. You know, the arbitrage on the apartment buildings were like built on like a water flow model, or waterfalls of of you know certain thresholds, and then the it would split differently. And you know, the expensing was like insane. So uh, I would say my favorite part ended up being you know, the, the luxury space, just because I think being so hands-on, you realize that at some point, operating a one-unit, one-bedroom is very, very close to the amount of work of operating an eight-bedroom house. Uh, it's the same amount of touches. Obviously, there's more things that can go wrong just because there's more physical stuff. But, uh, you know, we started trending towards larger homes just because the amount of work tended to be, you know, the same or, or close to a much smaller unit. Yeah. yeah. And that, I think was, my, that was I my that exact was, question.
1: So. I was yeah. curious. And when you, when you were getting started where we talk a lot about like the why, like what was the end game? Did you have clarity around? Like, what were you, what were you guys shooting for? Or was it kind of just, you were growing so fast. You just kept it rolling.
0: We were just, we were just trying to grab cash. Um, we just wanted to make a lot of cash and, and we were, we always, unfortunately, now, even as it was growing so much, I never treated it like a business. And that was my big, my biggest mistake was not treating it like it was something that was going to last. And part of it was the regular regulatory aspect in Los Angeles was kind of up and down. It was unclear how the city was going to come out with the rules and a lot of our units were here, but, uh, we never focused on things that I now know are super important, like branding or building like lasting equity or you know, uniformity across, you know, units, those types of things were, are afterthoughts. And I think that if I could go back and do it again, I would have built it more like a business uh, with the end, with an actual end goal. Cause for us, it was really all just a cash grab to kind of get to the next, the next thing.
2: Yeah. But it was also hard because eight years ago, I like, I've been doing this for, for 10 years now. Um, that wasn't as much of a buzz. Like there wasn't as much input. There wasn't, any content creators that were talking about this. There wasn't really, we were the weird guys doing it eight years ago because like there were not a lot of people doing it. So like the idea of that longevity wasn't just in in us thinking about longevity of our own projects, the, the industry overall was just like, is there a longevity aspect to this industry or is the hotel industry at the lobbies are just gonna eat us up eventually and just completely shut it down which now it's not a case anymore. But again, like eight years ago, that that was a very different story. But there were
0: benefits back there. I mean, like you, yes, 100%, but because nobody was doing it, it was so hard to miss. I mean, if you were in a big city, you could throw a unit together. It, it, All the things that matter now didn't matter as much back then. I mean, it, you literally could put whatever inside of it and put a mattress on the floor and it was going to rent and it was going to rent for a lot because there just wasn't as much, you know, supply back then. And it was still this really emerging market and it still is an incredible industry that I'm super passionate about. Uh, but now the threshold and and the base level of what you really need to be able to offer, uh, is because of all of what you just described is, is much better Mm -hmm. and better for everybody. Yeah.
1: A hundred percent out of curiosity for you, people ask me all the time what we were talking about earlier about when to make that leap. Right. And they're like, well, how many units do I need? And then like, it really depends on one, what your income is now and two where you are and what types of properties you're running. So for you, what did that look like for you? Like when you actually made the leap, like what was your unit count at? Was it around like 10, 20? Like where were you?
0: Yeah. I mean, I was at, I was at like five or six when I was ready to go because I mean, look, it really depends. It depends on what you're it depends on what you need to make, but it also depends on how much you're making per property. I was leasing these properties and I kept finding these units that were waiting to get permits at 50% of the market rent and re-renting them at 3, 4x. So, you know, five, six power units were like the equivalent of running 20, 30 units. So that was enough um, back then. And so I, I think for me it was just more of a financial decision of how am I going to pay all my bills? How am I going to, you know, how am I going to live and, you know, save a little bit or whatever else I needed to feel comfortable with, with making the jump.
1: hundred percent. So I want to, I want to pivot now to host GPO and what it is first and foremost, how it started. And then what did you end up doing with the property side? Did you kind of wind that down? Did you sell it? Like talk about that kind of transition from the property side to host
0: GPO. Sure. So quickly, Host GPO—it's uh, a group purchasing organization. It's a buying group for the vacation rental industry. So what we've done is collected all the professional hosts, management companies, uh, and and other people in the space, unified everybody together, and negotiated deals with the vendors who we buy from the most for things like furniture, linens, supplies, uh, anything that you need for your short-term rental. You can join our group and have access to deals. From those companies directly. Uh, and instead of buying as somebody who has five units or 10 units or 20 units, you're immediately buying as though you were somebody that had 50,000 units because you're buying as a part of our group. So we're a buying group for the vacation rental industry so that um, you can get access to the things that you need, uh, higher quality products at you know better prices. And it started because I was buying so much stuff. I started it for myself more or less because we were buying so many mattresses, so much furniture. I mean, the horror stories of being in an Ikea with, you know, my entire team of 15 people and, you know, 85 shopping carts and trying to, you know, check out. And it took four hours to check out and we rented two 24 foot U-Hauls to throw everything in to, to take it to the, you know, 16 units we were rolling out. Like that's, that wasn't an effective or efficient way. It was just the only way we could do it at the time or trying to negotiate 40 mattresses at a mattress store around the corner or find somebody who could give me 40 mattresses or 20 mattresses. It just became a problem. Even setting up one unit was, was just prob- was problematic to not know, you know, where to get furniture from or, or what the best, you know, amenities to use, like all of that stuff. We were constantly trying to figure it out. And so host GPO started as a group of a dozen or so, uh, companies like my own who had 100, 150 units, a couple hundred units. And we all got together and said, hey, where are you buying from? And let's all buy from the same place together and see if we can negotiate you know, a deal for the group. And now uh, anybody with three or more units uh, in the space can join. Uh, and you were just immediately plugged into this entire supply network of um, you know, furniture from brands like you know, West Elm and Williams-Sonoma Pottery Barn and uh, you know, amenities from companies like Public Goods and uh, you know the the idea is that you don't have to sp- spend the time negotiating; it's already done, uh, and we have the guaranteed best rates from all these companies. So there's no like Black Friday purchasing where you're running around to every Walmart trying to stock up on you know whatever the you know home goods, or or, or running around to Costco to find Charisma linens. Right? We're always getting better products at better rates than than that all year round. So um, it's a procurement solution for for the vacation rental industry, and so. That is the quick, the quick description of a of, of post-GPO. Um, and with my, my current business, I did wind down a lot of the units, uh, partially when the regulations in, in LA came through. Uh, we ended up, a lot of our units, we did month-to-month rentals as opposed to uh, short-term rentals. That lasted for a little, a little while, but some of them just didn't pencil out in terms of the amount of work that were needed. And then uh, when COVID happened, we also shut down a good amount of the... Um, you know, units that weren't the most profitable and kind of kept a very a much more limited only kind of the the gems of the, of, of the bunch. And then, uh, yeah, I've, I, more recently in the last like, you know, seven, eight months as I've really transitioned to doing host GPO full time, uh, I sold off a good portion of them. And I still have my own that I run that I love that I will never get rid of both because I like staying there and because they're my favorite properties and they're my, you know, my i built close relationships with uh, the owners if we're managing them, or just because uh, I, I don't never want to give them up. Uh, but yeah, most most of my time now is spent doing host GPO.
1: Love it. I'm gonna share my screen real quick just to show. So, on the last 20 unit that we did, we worked through host GPO, and I was scrolling through my phone to try and find some pictures. So we had this like not an 18 wheeler, but this thing was enormous. That was completely loaded. They unloaded it, put everything in all 20 units. Like it just made my life so much easier than if I had to go out and contract to build out all of these units and source everything and get it. Like it was, it was bananas. So between that and all the linens and like it's, it saves you so much time and money, right? It's just, again, speed is key, especially when you're scaling. So every day that these units were down, it's losing you money. So I want people to, again, put that business hat on where, I know a lot of newer folks are like, all right, well, if I can do it myself, I'm going to save money. You're not, you're losing money because every day that that thing isn't on the market and being rented, if you lose out on a week or two weeks, that's thousands upon thousands of dollars in lost revenue because you were trying to go and, you know, set stuff up, or it's like stepping over the dollar to save the dime. So, when you start looking at it like a business and looking at it from a scalability standpoint, what is the true cost of you going to set up that unit or are you going to fix that light bulb? It's astronomically higher than you actually think. So start looking at it from a business standpoint. I'm glad I found that photo. I'm like, I know I got one on here somewhere from when all the trucks came. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it's you're, you're 100% right. It's, it's one of those things where you don't know what you don't know, right? And so with companies like West Elm and Pottery Barn or, uh, you know, there, there's all these little benefits that you might not think of. So, for example, you can order thousand dollars worth of furniture for a house, $5,000, and you're still going to pay a flat installation fee of $249 total for them to come, build all the furniture, put it anywhere you want in the house. Uh, even if you're doing an eight-bedroom house or a five-bedroom house or a three-bedroom house, it's still going to be a flat fee. They're going to deliver it all at once and they're going to build it for you and build it right. And so that's like a, you know, something that if you don't know and you're building it yourself, it's you know, a waste of time. Uh, and the other thing you don't know is that you know, when you buy contract-grade furniture from a company like West Elm, it's going to last longer. It's less likely to break. And what you don't think about isn't just, I mean, I always used to say, well, whatever, I'll just replace the couch. If I need to replace the couch, I can replace this IKEA couch with another couch or this whatever couch with another couch. But what you don't think about is, okay, how difficult is it to replace a couch? You have to maybe block off the unit, coordinate the delivery to get there at the same time, refund the guests who the couch broke on if something actually happened or whatever the item was. Uh, and, and all of that alone, plus your time in reordering and refining the couch, isn't worth you know, the comparable just buying the right couch in the first place. Not to mention, you know, you guys talk a lot about yield and a lot about You know, I mean, he was saying in his, you know, most, most recent trip to Spain, right? You want to stay in a place that has quality items because you're going to pay more to stay there and you're going to enjoy your experience more. You know, people want to stay in the picture of a West Elm store. That's what they want when they go on Airbnb and a lot of markets, that's what they're looking for. So, um, it's kind of a, you don't know what you don't know, uh, until you, until you figure out that that's an option. Same thing goes with standard textiles for linens, Right. Um, you know, you don't know that there is something there are pre laundered with tied linens, they come pre laundered, you don't have to do if you're setting up 20 units, you don't have to do 20 times what four per per, uh, you know, four sets per unit times towels times That's hundreds of loads of laundry, um, you know, plus you're getting better quality sheets and you can you can try them out. That's part of the host GPO benefit too. They can send you samples. You can see exactly, you know, what it is that you want before you order it. And you're getting again hospitality products. So these are the little types of things that we've done a lot of the homework on, and the group community collectively has has you know chosen these products and these brands as things that work really well in our space. 100.
2: I I think I think honestly, and especially for our listeners, if you are of the growth kind of mindset this makes sense, right? Because I mean, I've been a IKEA PhD holder now for nine years, right? I don't even need to look at the instructions anymore, especially because we buy very similar things. I built in my own way. You know how the IKEA thing says you have to put it sideways now? I'm like, no, 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 it works better if I do it this way. And because I know I've done it so often, right? But then now that my business is growing, now that my cash flow got better, then you really start looking at it and you're just like, this stuff is not really worth it. Like, This stuff is not really worth it because for example, like let's say that you buy a typical IKEA nightstand and the guest leaves a wet cup on it and it drips on it, it'll ruin the nightstand. And then that's that's that because they're not made out of real wood and they're not made to last and they're quick IKEA stuff. So again, yes, you can do that. But then also right now, Ikea, with all the stuff that's going on with COVID, we're waiting for a couch for like the last month, right? Which again, talking about what Mike was talking about, like if you're looking at this as a business and you're not like, this is not your vacation home and you're missing out on on income, this makes a big difference. The other thing that to me was so amazing about going back to this hospitality, high-end hospitality experience is that I literally had the best night of sleep because the bed was super comfortable. The sheets were super nice. The towels were amazing. Right. And you're just like, if we're doing this at a high level, we have to really invest in the quality of the stuff that we put in our property because we have a responsibility to our, to our guests, one, and two, that's, what's going to give us longevity. Right. Cause I was the one that went to like target at the beginning and I would buy all the, like, college level towels at the beginning, but we did two, three turnovers. The towels were, were garbage.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 um, you know, it's across the board. I mean, towels and, and furniture and things. And I'm not saying, you know, there's no place for any but There is, there's a time, there's a unit, there's a place for a lot of, a lot of different kinds of, of things. Like I've done units where I know I'm only going to have the unit for like two, three months and, you know, sure, we can put in disposable furniture there, and that's fine. Um, but, you know, it's the little things that you learn, like like you're saying, you know, about things getting ruined. I, I had that problem with rugs a lot, right? That was, we partnered with Rugs USA. That was a huge one for us because you learn that if a rug gets stained or damaged or whatever, hiring a company to come and shampoo the rug is going to cost you the same as buying a rug with our discount from Rugs USA, and you get a brand new rug and it's going to look better. The guest is going to be happier. Place is going to look better. And so those are the kinds of things that you, you know, you start to realize what's worth it, what's worth the time, what's worth the money. And we try to focus on providing those products where, you know, you can get the same, right. You can get the the West Elm couch at pretty close to the Ikea price through our group.
2: I I love it. Where, where do you see the vision now? Like where, where do you see you guys kind of going next? And, and what do you see in our industry from your side? I love us asking this question because we have had a lot of people that work on the other side and you get a different perspective as to how the industry is doing and when the industry is going.
0: Yeah, I mean, one thing that we have a really unique view on is kind of where people, where our members are, right? Because when they sign up, we. Everybody that signs up, when you go to the host GPL website, you sign up and you schedule an onboarding call. And you talk to somebody from our team who looks at your units and and asks questions like, hey, where are you getting your stuff from now? And tries to guide you, right? Not everybody should be buying Brooklyn and Sheets, um, you know, even though they're one of our partners and they're fantastic. uh, They don't belong in every unit. Some people should be buying standard textiles. And so we try to, we try to um, guide people in, into the right things. So what we see our unique perspective is kind of where our members are signing up and where they're setting up new units and what kinds of units they're setting up. So one thing that we've seen a big trend of, especially right through COVID was a lot of um, non-metropolitan area, vacation rental destinations, traditional vacation rental destinations, you know, everything from a lot of people out in the Smokies, a lot of people um, you know, up up in the Poconos, a bunch of people, you know, in these, you know, Lake Tahoes, that, that those types of areas, we see a ton of growth and and new members and, and new units being set up. But the other thing we're seeing is a lot of people who have a lot of these cabin style units where they're buying these log beds, like the actual, like you know, looks like a real log. Um, they're buying units that have that, or or that's what was there and. They're going through the upgrade process. They're buying Pottery Barn because it's actually cheaper than the than those beds, and it looks so much nicer. And the units come out feeling less campy and less, you know, um, you know, less rustic and more elevated. Uh, and they're really commanding higher prices. So um, I would say that one unique thing that we're seeing is again a lot of these cabin area and more remote area uh, new units, but units that are being set up in a more elevated kind of luxury way
1: i we've talked about this quite a bit and, um, a lot of my newer students always ask me, you know, the question of like, is, is the whole short term rental thing getting oversaturated and is, is there still room for, for new people and more growth? And I always answer the same way. I'm like, there's a hundred percent opportunity, but what's my prediction, what will happen over the next two to three years is. Alluding to what you talked about earlier, the days of you just grabbing a unit and throwing whatever you want in there are gone. And the, the bar is just going to continue to be raised as more and more professional operators come in and they work with places like HostGPO to, to furnish it, design it well, put quality pieces in it, give that great like experience for people. That's going to be the standard. And if you're not playing there, you're not going to survive. Like you're you're just not, and so being ahead of the curve now, riding it up, and then you get to be the one setting the tone as you keep going forward.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. I, I, I think it's uh, I think that's a hundred percent what's happening, and it's a huge part of the reason why we're trying to elevate you know the units and the guest experiences and all of that stuff now, and do it in a way that's not going to break the bank. Um, it's it, it it is the standard now that people expect you know that when you show up at at your at your uh, you know, at your unit and your unit's a beach unit that there's going to be beach towels there. And that, you know, your, that, that your, that uh, your amenities are going to be quality, um, that, you know, and that you're not going to have like giant Costco size pump bottles in every bathroom. Cause it just doesn't, doesn't look great. Um, you know, on the floor of the bathtub, like I've stayed in those units too. And, you know, the expectation of what you have is, is just getting higher. And I think it's better. I think you can charge more. And I think that, you know, the quality of, units increasing is only going to help the industry as it brings in more and more people that otherwise might not have stayed in Airbnbs before. I mean, look, the most recent Airbnb uh, report that came out uh, from their you know, quarterly earnings or whatever was talking about the fact that, especially in the immediate post-vaccination push, there was such a large percentage of vacation rental um. Uh, Vacation rentals that were being done by people who were older historically than ever, you know, 50 plus, 60 plus. And that that was one because all those people got vaccinated first, right? They were the first ones that ran out and booked vacation rental units. And it was just such an interesting thing to think about because so many of my guests historically, you know, tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of guests have been, you know, started out. And you remember, I mean, at the beginning, it was you were a Silicon Valley tech person or you were a New York person who, and those are the only people that knew about Airbnb, and that's what it was. And so now as, you know, our parents and our grandparents and other people start to incorporate Airbnb into their life, also their expectation is different and they're thinking it's more of a hotel in, in their mind, and it's, you know, the elevated quality of the units is going to bring more people into our space.
1: For sure. So for context for the listeners, <clears throat> we talked about some of the furniture and linens and towels, but there's a slew of stuff on HostGPO when I was going through there, so we don't have to go into every little detail, but what are some of the other categories that, that you guys have negotiated discounted rates on?
0: Sure, so yeah, furniture, um, mattresses. We have two mattress partners, kind of one that is uh, great for if you're doing a luxury uh, mattress, that's Helix, right? That's everything from uh, you want to put the the super luxury mattress in the main bedroom of the house and maybe do the regular mattresses in the other ones, right? Because the the person that's leaving the review is sleeping in the, in the main bedroom. So uh, a lot of people we see doing that. Uh, and then we also have kind of a uh, more value mattress option. That's, you know, a competitor to the, to the Zionist, uh, Amazon, uh, delivery ones, but it's less expensive. Um, and then, uh, you know, we have linens, we have high-end linens, um, we have value linens and kind of everything in between amenities, soaps, shampoos, travel size bottles, um, supplies. We, we have a partnership, uh, that's been with Home Depot, which has been great for things like toilet paper, paper towels, cleaning supplies, janitorial supplies, et cetera. Um, Now HD supply, Home Depot is combining. So we're gonna see what that looks like kind of for the group as as we move forwards. Um, Rugs, uh, you know, art. We have a new uh, art partnership with Society6. That's one of our newer partnerships. One of the reasons why I like that so much is because we're talking about IKEA, like it goes to the quality of the unit when you check into your unit in Austin and there's a, you know, Canvas print of the Eiffel Tower on the wall, like that doesn't really, that doesn't really make sense. Um, I get it, like it's better than the white wall, and I'm all about like putting art up. But we partner with Society6 because it they have, I think it's like seven million different um, art art pieces or or options or skus available, and you know the pricing comes down to close to the IKEA stuff, and you can get framed art that looks real nice that matches your unit or whatever you want, and you can be more creative and expressive with with what you're doing. So you know, we try to cover pretty much everything that you need for your unit. And as the group grows and as more people join one, it gives us more negotiating power when we go and strike the next deal. Um, and it makes our deals that we have, that we have better. Uh, and we're going to keep continuing to, to grow and bring in more options. I mean, we don't have, uh, we don't have a great electronics partner right now. It's something we're really focused on trying to find, uh, some way to get us, you know, as a group, a discount on TVs. Well, I'd love to get to the point where we're able to talk to Spectrum or Verizon and say, "Hey, everybody in our group gets five dollars off every one of their internet bills." Because I I had 150 internet bills, um, and it was a lot. And so, you know, five bucks on all of those makes a big difference, everyone. So, those are the kinds of things that we're going for in the future. We try to cover as many categories as possible now, but you know, we're we're growing still, and uh, and it's still it's been a tremendous tremendous amount of growth, and we're super excited about it. Uh, but we're also really forward looking in terms of we're going to bring in next.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, I want to be respectful of your time here. I know we're getting towards the end of our time, but um, before we get into our last question, first, I want to acknowledge you and thank you for coming on here, sharing all of your knowledge with everybody and for kind of pioneering this quasi industry for short-term rentals, because hotels have had these opportunities for a long time. um, But until you guys came around, you know, we were kind of the small fish, just trying to figure out and scrape together the best deals that we could get. So, thank you for for all that you do and for all the work that your team is putting in to, to do all this stuff for us. We really appreciate it. And um, where can folks connect with you and learn more about HostGPO if they want to get in touch?
0: Yeah, absolutely. First, let me just say thank you so much for for having me. And you know, I I've told you one on one, and and I I definitely mean it. Um, you know, there are a lot of a lot of people out here giving advice in the space, and a lot of people who are you know running mastermind type type groups and uh, I everybody who has found their way to you is very very fortunate to have somebody um, with as much kind of wisdom and, and real guidance that cares about uh, cares about the success of their of their kind of students and and, and the success of their their community so I really appreciate everything that you guys do uh, on this podcast and also in your mastermind so um, thank you for, for having me and, and you know for, for doing what you do. Uh, as far as host GPO, um, you can go to hostgpo.com, uh, you can sign up. It's three, the first three months are absolutely free. There's zero commitment to join us. Um, we can't tell you exactly what the deals are, right? That's why this whole podcast wasn't, Hey, these are our deals. Um, we're under confidentiality agreements that only our members who join are able to see them, but you can sign up on the site. Um, you'll schedule an onboarding call. We'll approve you. Your three, first three months are free. You can look around, you can order. It's not like a limited uh, access. You'll have full access to everything. So you'll be able to see everything. Um, and then, uh, you know, we try to keep our membership costs super, super low because after those three months, our idea is to have as big of a community as possible uh, charging the lowest, lowest price. Uh, and, you know, what we tell everybody and, and our kind of guarantee is if you don't save more than your, you know, $100 a year membership or whatever, we'll refund you whatever the difference is so again this is a very very uh, it's it's impossible that without with one order you're not going to cover your membership fee so we're we don't really think about it like that but yeah three months free um sign up uh, have an onboarding call ask as many questions as you want and we'd love to have you know we'd love to grow our community even more and and hear what it is that people need um, a lot of our vendors come from our member uh group being like, hey, this is—we really like this company, so that's how we found, you know, Public Goods, for example. So we are uh, a growing community, and we really are excited to kind of welcome, uh, you know, your listeners and and your Mastermind group and anybody else who wants to sign up uh, to to our group.
1: I love it. Thank you. I think I saved well over that just on the toiletries, so I think <laughs> yeah. uh, I think you guys will be fine. Um, yeah. So the last question we that we like to ask all of our guests is. Uh, what is your number one secret to success with short-term rentals?
0: My number one secret to success for short-term rentals, I think, would be um, in 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 the vacation rental space. Okay, well, besides my number one secret to success is host GPO for sure. It's having a GPO and and being able to access you know quality products to put in units and make them better. But from from a just pre-host GPO secret to success, I think it was um, being being strategic and opportunistic. So for me, what that looked like at the time in those years was analyzing every deal and understanding you know what this management deal makes sense as a management deal or this. Uh, Lease arbitrage makes sense as an arbitrage because a lot of people, um, I think, go through the motions, assuming that things are gonna pencil out the way that they want. I mean, I've seen horror stories of people buying units based solely on you know um, what they think they're gonna get on the short-term rental market and then finding out that actually their house is in an HOA community and they can't do that, right? So a lot of it is, is, is um, not, uh, just not doing enough diligence. So I think being strategic, doing the diligence, really really learning and, and thinking through what you're gonna do before every deal uh, and being strategic in that way uh, and taking the opportunities as they come. Um, you know, you can go in and say, I'm gonna be a co-host, that's it. I'm only doing co-hosting. Or you can go in and say, I'm only doing lease arbitrage, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't take a call with something else because a lease arbitrage is a better model if you're leasing it at 10% of the market rate, right? So being strategic and opportunistic, keeping your eyes open, um, I think is, is kind of the secret
2: uh, to this success. Love I, that. I absolutely love that. And just as we go, I want to share a super short story. So somebody reached out to me asking me to, it's a real estate agent and she had a client that had an eight unit down in Miami and she was interested. He was interested. Can you guys hear me? There's some random guy banging things. This is the worst podcast location <laughs> that I've ever been in. Unfortunately, I'm so sorry. I don't know what this guy is doing. Uh, Anyways, so he reached out to me and he's like, there's this eight unit in Miami. And my wife is like, he wants master leasing. We're not interested. I'm like, I'm like, Jeff, I'm like, I don't know. Like, let me see what the situation is. Let me see what the story is. And so this guy gets on a call with me. And then he's just a greedy investor that has heard about vacation rentals. And he's like, well, you're going to make a ton of money. So I'm going to charge you over market because you can make the money. I'm like, no, 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 that's not how it works, right? And it wasn't, it wasn't it, right? But at the same time, if you don't go on the calls, you'll never know. And the other thing is, if you are in the early stages, don't live in this wishful world. Like, don't be afraid to say no to people. Like, the opportunities are not limited. They're not finite. They'll always come back. There'll always be more opportunities. So you also have to be kind of super discipline in choosing what's the right thing for you or not because the horror stories do happen but if you're good with your stuff they won't happen and the other thing that I'm experiencing a lot lately is prices are a whole time high so jack up your prices and don't bow to anybody if people don't want to pay your prices tell them thank you very much I am sorry move on because I have returning clients that are guilt tripping me about the fact they've been coming for so many years. I'm like, listen, guys, like, there is nothing I can do. These are the prices, right? And the way I get away with it, there's always somebody else that is the decision maker, hide behind that person. Regardless that that person is you or somebody else, the owners have established new prices. I'm so sorry. There's nothing I can do about it, right? So that is your opportunity. Oh my God, I'm going to go kill this guy after the podcast um, and the dogs. I'm going to kill a lot of people today. It's going to be, it's going to be quite bloody, but um, you brother, We're so great to have you. Thank you for what you guys are doing. Um, I hope the days of me going to um, Black Friday deals to buy 18 TVs are over because that's how I've, I've done it. Right. I just go Black Friday deals and I just buy a shit ton of TVs um, and then just keep them in the office. Um but yeah, once you guys get a deal on TVs and, and anything else, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And the platform looks awesome. The onboarding call is super smooth. I've I've been on it. Um, so yeah, it's 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 amazing. So so grateful to have you on our side. Thank
0: you guys. Thank you so much for for having me uh, here today, too.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. All right, everybody. That is it. Again, Jeff, thanks so much. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Make sure you follow Jeff. Make sure you follow host GPO. We'll have all the links down below in the show notes and we'll see you guys all next week. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.